fact, I think he wants to tell him, wants us to tell him all about it. Now here's the thing. Sometimes you can't talk. All you can do is cry. That works. Romans 8 says, sometimes when we don't even know what we should ask for, we pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. I'm telling you this. It takes me a lot longer to talk in English than it does for just to sit there and bawl in the Holy Ghost. And you know what's amazing? When I get done, I know I'm done. Didn't say a word. Couldn't say a word. Don't have a word to say. But somehow he interprets the cry of my heart. Now we began this morning, if you're just tuning in with us, precious online church, how we love you. How we miss you. Friends who have stopped by, sit down, get your Bible, take a notebook and get a piece of paper. Jesus is not afraid of your little T truth. Because he said, if you want to know what truth is, look at me. I'm the capital T. They beat me bloody. They buried me and I got up. Now that's the truth. Hallelujah. There's nothing I can go through down here that can trump that. And oops, I said the word. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go to Isaiah 40. And what led me to this wonderful scripture, or this wonderful chapter, was the scripture that hurt my heart. Because in verse 6 it said the voice cry. said cry. And he said, what shall I cry? When Caitlin was little and Sheena was little and probably their kids too, they would, we would play this game. One of them would say, cry, mama, cry. And I, <laughs> and I'd just give him delight, cry. <laughs> well, in this, he's not saying cry. He's saying yell. I want you to holler out. After all this wonderful chapter, what shall I cry? Flesh is grass, and the goodliness thereof is of the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people is grass. Grass withers, flower fades. It's like, I feel like you're holding me underwater, and then here comes one of those wonderful conjunctive buts in the Word of God. But the Word of our God. Everybody say, our God. We know who we're serving. We're not exempt from the suffering in the world, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I want you to read that last phrase with me, and we're going to proclaim it. Read it with me. But the word of our God shall stand forever ever. First of all, we know who's saying it, and we know what's going to happen, and we know how long it's going to happen. And he said, if I said it, it will last till you are nothing but ashes. Your children are nothing but ashes. If I said it, it's going to happen. So he took the sting out of, look at me, little ones, you're mortal. We've gone through some things that have made everybody in this church who's been connected to the life of it go, oh God, I'm mortal. Didn't see it coming. Took my breath away. It's readjusted my priorities and refocused. Now I'm telling you when I'm mean, I'm mean. There's no question about it. But I recognize now that I just can't take my family for granted. And I can't take you for granted. You're precious. In spite of all of our faults and failings, I'd just soon be with you as anybody I know. You're my family. And I love you. And I'll take you just like you are. Everything. Just all of it. We're just going to make this journey together. Yes. The good, the bad, the ugly. 
we are going to make it together because he sees, everybody say, he sees. He, sees. he knows. He cares. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank you. God, open our hearts to this most precious and profound word. Let everybody in the building and everybody at home sitting in their sofa, their kitchen, in their bedroom, alone and feeling lonely. Feel the presence of the Holy Ghost right now. A quickening, a divine quickening, uniting our hearts together and giving us joy unspeakable and full of glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. We got exactly to three verses. Actually, if you want to look, we got down to the sixth verse. He started out by saying, I want you to comfort my people. He said, I know you've been in a warfare. I know. And we talked this morning. There have been a lot of us that fasted and prayed for people who went on to be with the Lord. We fasted and prayed that some of them would go peacefully. We fasted and prayed that some of them would get to come home. And they did go home. They just didn't come home here. And so I want you to understand that when we exert ourselves and the Lord says, well done, I'm taking those people. We did not fail. We accomplished warfare because we fought against, I don't want to get up. I don't want to pray. I don't want to call their name. While they were struggling to live, we were struggling to die. You say, how was I dying? Dying out to your will. Dying out to, I want to do this. I'd rather do that. Putting on somebody else's burden and saying, you can't run, I'll run for you. You can't breathe, I'll breathe with you. You can't call on the name of Jesus, I will do it. And I don't feel sad and mournful. I feel victorious. We did what we were supposed to do. We didn't crawl in a hole. We got to the throne of grace and mercy. And the Lord sent an answer. He relieved people who have struggled and suffered. And he did it on the backs of our prayers. Lift your hand and say, thank you Jesus for letting me be part of somebody's home going. Thank you for letting me be part of a victory. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I'm not going to run from it and I'm not going to be ashamed. I want to comfort everybody here who's lost somebody. Because the Bible said comfort. There's no need for comfort unless you've suffered loss. And he said, if you, blessed are them that acknowledge their loss. Maybe your body's not what it used to be and you sit down and cry. That's okay. Because when you cry because your knees hurt and your hips hurt and and you're having biopsies and you're struggling, the Holy Ghost is going to slip in the room and say, I want to tell you, all flesh is grass. President flesh is grass. Queen flesh is grass. But I am the Lord and I change not. And I told you I'm coming back for you. And I can't lie. Don't lift your hands to the Lord. It's grass. We are grass. I don't like it. But I sure like what follows it. Yes, you are grass, little one. And every one of us is going to face our mortality. There's only one way off this planet. When the trumpet sounds, either out of a pine box or you've been standing there fighting. And fighting to keep your faith. And fighting to keep praying. And fighting to keep reading your Bible. And paying your tithe. And giving your offering. Yeah. 
I'm telling you there are saints that haven't darkened this door and I love them I, I, I want to I weep I, God's been teaching me little people that haven't come but they are faithful in sending through the mail this is my offering to the Lord you don't think God's going to see that they're fighting fear and doubt and anxiety and give it up they're saying I'm still part of this church you may not see me but I'm part of this body the Lord giveth the Lord taketh away blessed be the name of the Lord hallelujah they can't be here so they send their little mites they send their little meager whatever and God blesses it and every time they do it he's laying up a treasure for them you know how I know that because it's written I didn't make it up you're still part and we love you saints we love you so we he said speak comfortably your warfare you did what you're supposed to do and then the voice of him crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, Isaiah 40 and the third chapter. He said, once you clear the ground, once you get over, you're mad at me. Once you get over, he said, sit down and rest a minute. Wipe away all the stuff. Whatever you've been through, lay it at my feet. Say, what are you doing? I'm clearing the way for the Lord to get to me. He said, you clear away from me and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you out of the valley. I'm going to take you off the mountain. That mountain there is not a beautiful place to be. You go up so high and the wind never stops. It's freezing. You can't get anywhere and you can't live there. You can't stay in that dark valley. You got to get up and come down. <laughs> he said, I'm going to lift the valley, lower the mountains and the hills. He said, I'm going to take all those crooked. You, 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 does your life feel like a maze? I'm telling you the truth. I have never been living a straight line. All I want to do is get to ABC. I have to do A sub 1, A sub 2, A sub 3, A sub 4, then B sub 1, B sub... By the time I get to C, I'm so worn out, I don't even care. A, B, C, you later. <laughs> I'm living in a crooked place. And the Lord said, you deal with me. You bring your junk to me. I know what you've been through. I'm going to comfort you. You clear a path and I'm going to make your crooked place straight. And in those rough places, those hard, my elbows and my knees, they just hurt. He said, I'm going to smooth it down. And he said, and when I get done doing that, where is he going to do it? Point your finger and say, in me. Say, in me. I've had war in me. I've had war in me. I, and now I'm going to get some comfort. I'm going to get some Jesus working on the inside. Lift your hands right now. The Lord is with us. He's not left us. Emmanuel. Then he said, everybody's going to see the glory. Verse 5. When I do this thing, you know, we've got people in here dancing and shouting and worshiping. And we've got funerals and memorial services coming. How do you do that? Because Jesus on the inside, working on the, I feel the comforter. He said, I've got a comforter. Now, he said, it's going to happen in the wilderness. And I've already told you, it's a place of testing. And Jesus went there so that he could leave a care package for all his children who wind up there being tempted to quit, give up, or do something stupid. So he said, I'm the bread. And you go through that and he'll start talking to you. Say, I hadn't heard the words yet. Get your Bible out. He wants to speak directly to you. He wants to give you scriptures and hope. And then our precious verse 6. After all that comfort, I know you've been at war. I see where you've been. I know. 
Now, from verse 1 to 5, what that means is a whole lot of people have been suffering. From 1 to 5. Everybody say 1 to 5. That means suffering. Now, here's what God said about my suffering. All flesh. You know, I've told the Lord many times, Lord, I would be the most awesome disciple you have ever had if I weren't human. Because, I mean, it just can't keep up. I got a spirit that wants to roar and rage, but I got knees that, mm -mm. nope, my knees won't go. I've got flesh. And he said, sweetheart, your flesh is grass. You can't keep up with me. You can't do it by your flesh, but. He said, now I've got your attention. You know you're mortal. There's not a person in this church that hadn't been through what we've been through since March who wouldn't say, hmm, we're kind of fragile. We're fragile, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're very mortal. And he said, now that I have your undivided attention, you're going to pass away, but my words won't. What I said, I made a promise and I'm going to do exactly what I said. The Lord knows we see our mortality. Right in the middle of comfort, he remembered our warfare. He has seen the wilderness. He knows he wants us to hear a voice. And we've seen the miraculous. But he, in that sixth verse, that's the, that's the verse for man. That's our sixth day awakening right there. We are mortal. People filled with the Holy Ghost are mortal. People who are living like the devil are mortal. Everybody's mortal. And the Lord could bring a pack of politicians right down to size. All he's got to do is go. Amen. They're not living by their own strength. I don't care all the braggadocious what's coming out of their mouths. All these raging threats and promises and prophecies. All he's got to do is done. So while it feels like he's blowing on us, just know he can blow on anybody anytime. This is how powerful he is. And he said, I want you to recognize that. I want you to go, if you would, to Romans 8, 11. We're all going to die, but these words were penned. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells, that means it's not just a Sunday night thing, but you get up Monday and you go, walk with me again today. My flesh is mortal. Talk to me. Not my will, but thine be done. Give me this day. And then you know what's happening to our church? It's kind of hard for me to pray. Give me, give me, give me. I start saying, give us. I know there are people struggling out there. Give us our daily bread. Whatever you give me, give to the back row, the front row, the side row. I want all our people suddenly now. You're with me and I'm with you. And whatever God gives me, I want you to have. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body.
bodies. He said that to a group of people and I'm claiming it. We're in this group together. The people that wrote it and read it are dead. But we're here and I believe it. It's going to happen just like he said. That's written. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. This is going to outlast my bones and the bones of all our beloved that have passed away in the Lord. For the Lord himself. I want you to stand and read that with me right now. This is going to live past your bones, past this building, past the next wave of pandemic, past the globalist, the government, past the violence and the hostility. When this building is burned to the ground, I'm telling you this word is still going to happen. Read it out loud. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord raise your hand this is gonna stand forever it's gonna stand you may be seated you're sitting home alone I want you to yell it in your house in your little old house where you're by yourself Hallelujah. Now I want you to go to verse 9. He said, now that I put everything into perspective, I see, I know, I have a job for you to do. I don't want you to sit and soak in your mortality. Get over it. My answer to your weak flesh is, Lord, your word's going to last forever. What about your knees, head, shoulders, knees, and toes? When your body starts hurting, and it, you just say, Lord, your word's going to last forever. My knees aren't. I knew it. I got to get it straight in my head. My shoulders won't. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. But your word's going to last forever. And you promise you're going to give me a new body. I'm holding on to it. I don't care. You know how I've been getting? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, we get through one thing, and so help me, God. We get a text. We get a call. And then my husband texts me. We don't even talk. He just texts me, dear God in heaven, have mercy and cover us. We're praying to each other through a text because I may be here, and he may be there. It's like, I'm afraid to say what else can happen because clearly something else is coming. But I have made my stand. I'm telling you right now, I've made my stand. Whatever's going to happen next, I'm going to holler right back. But the word of our God will stand forever. He said, let me tell you how powerful my word is. My word is so powerful that heaven and earth may pass away, but not what I say. What you see is going to go. Your circumstances can change in 30 seconds, but I do not change. I will not lie. I said I'll never leave nor forsake you, and I meant it. 
You're going in the MRI machine and it's clicking and it's cold and people are looking at your guts and putting dye through your veins and tracking all the mess that's going on in your body. And if you're not careful, your head and your heart will go right down to your toe and it's not going to last. But while the clicking's going on, you say the word of the Lord will endure. The word of the Lord will endure. It will endure. He said, once you know... I've been praying, Lord, what's working in my body that I don't even know about? He said, Janice, your flesh is grass, honey. Okay, Papa. And then when I'm crying over my flesh, I hear this scripture. For the Lord pities us, and the Father pities his children. For he remembers our frame. That we are dust. So while he's telling me, get up, be strong. He's got his arm around my shoulder. Because he knows. About my head, my shoulders, my knees, and my toes. Can you lift your hand and say, thank you. You know me. You know me. You know my uprising and my downsetting. You know my weaknesses and my strengths. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Then he said, Zion, you good news people, get up. What? We've heard that before. Get up. And that's what's happening here. I love people slipping in at 4.30. I'd like the microphone, please. I'm going to make a declaration. And we've been letting folks take a little bit of time and talk. And we've been singing new songs and learning songs. And, and we really are not uh, preparing a performance for online people. God bless their hearts. I said, I don't want to wind up a meme. I've seen some very mean memes of people worshiping the Lord. But I'm going to say this. This flesh is grass. There's no glory in it. And the one I'm following wasn't good looking. He wasn't charismatic. And he would have never won a Golden Globe or an Emmy. Or a, he'd have never been a YouTube influencer. I guess he was ugly. I'm going to follow ugly till I die. Crucified and resurrected is good enough for me, folks. He said, I want you to get up and get into a high mountain. Zion, you people that have good news for other people, get up. Stand up. Jerusalem said, you just been through a war. Get up. Get up. I told you your flesh was weak. You just go ahead and get up. Lift up your voice with strength. Say, stop hollering, Sister Showstrand. I will not. He said, lift up your voice. He said, I want you to proclaim this. Lift it up. Be not afraid. And turn to all my people, the cities of praise. The people who have been singing songs in the dark. And crying and praying in their prayer closet. He said, pay attention to me. I want you to look at those people. The ones that have been praying and praising and fasting and working and fighting. And believing and hoping and trusting. He said, behold your God. Now that means two things. Behold means, aha, look. And it's also an announcement. 
just like you've never, and I have never been to a royal palace, but I'm going to tell you something. When they have dignitaries from around the world, they have somebody standing as these people come in. And this person announces, Prime Minister and Mrs., Doctor and Doctor, President and First Lady. They announce who's coming in the room. And I'm telling you, it is time for us to announce to one another, get your eyes off your flesh, it's going. But behold your God, the Word made manifest in flesh. Stop looking at your head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and get a look at God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to worship at heart. Get your eyes on Jesus. Lift your hands right now. We're getting ready to behold Him. We're getting ready to take a look at Him. He said, suddenly, and I've come here to announce him. Verse 10. He said, let me tell you who it is you're looking at. He's going to come with a strong hand. You see, you never see God sweating. He's a king, and kings just do work like this. The strength of their hand is related to the strength of their arm. They don't go around and stomp and throw things, and they just... He didn't even have to say anything. He just points. He's got servants in the heavenlies. See, we've never seen that kind of stuff. The only place I know how to compare it is the book of Esther when Ahasuerus just simply would go. And it's done. I mean, somebody makes it happen. And he said, he's coming with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. That means that from the extension of his arm to his finger, he will be making judgments. And then it says, his reward is with him. Now, why would he have a reward? Except there were little cities of Judah, little people of praise, little pockets that were just, I'm looking for you. I'm waiting for you. I get up in the morning in the wee hours and I pour out my heart. He said, I have a reward for you. He said, come on. It's time, little CAC. Behold your God. He said, I have heard every prayer you have prayed in the car, in the shower, in the kitchen, on the floor, in the basement, on the road. I heard it all. I have seen every tear. I have a reward. Hey, I have a reward for you. Did you, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that seek him. And this church has been diligent. Maybe we weren't all diligent the first 40 days, but I'll guarantee you the next 21 we got busy. And then since that time when the Lord has called, pray, seek me, read, go forward. There have been a crew of people who said, I'm the one, I'm going to get into this thing with everything I've got. And he said, i got a reward for you. And the first thing he says, I have a reward and then I have some work to do. He said, you're going to get to watch me work. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Never stop, never stop working. And after he says all this power, his strong hand, his arm, and his reward, and his work, bam, verse 11. What's he going to be like when he gets here? 
Is he going to thunder? Is he going to roll us in the floor? Are we going to explode? What's he going to do when he shows up? What's he going to do with all of us? Some of us are old and young and in between. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He said, I'm going to come. I had you holler, behold your God. That kind of sounds like, ooh, it's going to be big and bad. And he said, I made all that loud noise so the little sheep would come close to me. Because I want to individually feed you. You feel like God forgot about you? Wrong. All this trumpet blowing, all this yelling, all this hollering, all this clearing was so he could say, I need to get to you. All that ah, to come gently, oh my, and feed his flock. And then you know what? He said, I've seen you from verse 1 to verse 11. There are little lambs, little tender, little younglings, little vulnerable, little helpless. He said, I know that there are helpless people in my church. I know there are people and my heart aches. I, I, I over plan and micromanage like I think I'm God. I can't even do my job. I'm trying to do his. I just can't help everybody. I just can't. I can't even remember everybody. I have to have a list. Because, oh Lord, I forgot. Oh Lord. And that prayer list, because if I don't have it, I can't remember it. It's too much. He said, I got this girl. You just proclaim me. I'll feed my people. Feed me, Lord. I'll follow. He said, I got sheep and lambs. And he said, you know what I'm going to do with the ones that are too little to make this journey? They're too little. He said, I'm just going to pick them up. I kind of feel like the Lord had been picking up some people in our church. And whereas I may have taken it as a punishment, he said, you don't understand. They cannot make this journey. I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to take care of them. He's taking some lambs. Would you raise your hand and let's thank him. How great is our God and his mercy. He knows. We're crying over our loss. And he's saying, you have no idea what I'm doing. I'm feeding my sheep and carrying my lambs. He said, I'm not slinging them around my shoulders. He said, I'm pulling them up close to me. I think of Chuck Ulrich and Dale Greathouse. I think about the saints that have gone on and Floyd. And I think about people that have suffered. And I'm like, they couldn't. I wouldn't bring them back. I don't want them to go through where we are right now. There's some place better. Somebody picked them up and put them in his bosom. You say, Sister Shostrand, I can't make it. I know you can't, sweetheart. But I've been yelling because the shepherd is here. Behold your God. Behold your shepherd. Lift your hands right now. Our God is so great and so mighty and so powerful. He shows all this power to be gentle and kind and loving and good. And he said, there are some that are with young. You may feel like you, and we've got some ladies here who are going to have little pandemic babies. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can't keep up. <laughs> he said, I have my eye on those that are full of potential and you can't run them like cattle. He said, I'm going to say, come over here. 
Why? Because they can only walk a few steps. I thank the Lord. Can you feel our shepherd here? Lift your hands again. <laughs> he knows if you're 80. And he knows if you're 8 months. He knows what you've been through. And he knows your weaknesses. We have a shepherd. Hallelujah. And then suddenly... After that emotional moment, when the sheep have lain down, he begins to describe who it is who's actually leading us. Verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands? Pacific, Atlantic, Indian, Arctic. He scoops them up like I scoop water just to get a sip from my sink. That's the Indian Pacific Atlantic Arctic. He said, I scoop it up. I meted out heaven with a ruler. It goes from end to end and there's no end. And he said, I'm the one. You haven't even seen my ruler yet. Let me tell you who I am so you'll understand why you have nothing to fear. Why the fact that you're grass, I already know you're grass. I knew it the day you were conceived. I knew the night of your birth. I knew the day of your death. And I've loved you. Who comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure? You know the dust that you see from the sunlight that streams into your bedroom. You can't get it all. He said, that's what the dust of the earth looks like to me. He said, I can just scoop it up and put it in a measure. That's infinitesimal. There's so much of it, I can't comprehend it. He said, it's not much to me. In fact, I know exactly how much dust is on this planet. He said, I comprehended it. And I weigh the mountains, the Himalayas, the Appalachians, the Rockies the great mountain ranges of the earth. I can pick them up and I put them in a scale and I weigh them. And I put the hills, all those hills, those mountains and hills that have been so hard for you, that have taken years for you to get over, to climb up, to come down. He said, they're nothing to me. He said, I want you to understand that whatever you're hanging on to in this little frail body that's got you freaking out, flipping out, and fearful and anxious. He said, I want you to understand something. It's so small to me because I can do everything. He said, who is this? I want you to ask yourself, who is this? You see, now suddenly we are in the presence of the king and we are being asked to look at him. To open your mind and look at him. Look at this. Who can do this? Verse 13. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord? Who was his tutor? Who being his counselor taught him? Who did he go to school with? Do you know who you're dealing with? He said, who taught me? I know who taught you. But who taught me? With whom took he counsel? 
who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Who sat him down and said, for the first 10 million years, I want you to study this book? Who did that? Who took God to school? He said, who took him to school and when did he graduate? What's his degree in? Tell me. Behold, the nations, call them out. Seven continents and four oceans. Some of those continents have countries in them. Countries I can't even name. I don't even know the count of them. He said, all of those are like a drop in a bucket to me. And they're counted as the small dust of the balance. You know all that dust of the earth that he measured? He said, they are nothing but dust in the balance in my hand. All those nations that you're worried about and all this globalism. He said, come on, I want you to look at me. They mean nothing to me. Behold, he takes up the isles, all the islands that are surrounded by water. And there's no better way to look at the islands of the earth than from a map. And Hawaii looks like a pinprick in the middle of nothing. And all I've been to those islands and I can't even discern uh, how far away it is and how many thousand uh, square miles or square feet it would take to get around it. It looks huge to me, but when I look at it from God's view, it's just the size of my fingertip. He said, I want you to know what your life looks like from my view. What your nation looks like. What your continent looks like. It's a drop in a bucket and those islands I could just pick them up like that they're a very little thing to me then verse 16 Lebanon is not sufficient to burn why because Lebanon was known for its trees thousands of acres of trees he said if I burned the thing to the ground it wouldn't be enough for me and the beasts that are there they wouldn't be enough for an offering they're not big enough there's not enough of them to offer to me next verse he said I want you to know all nations before me are nothing and they're counted to me less than nothing and vanity so it's time for us to stop looking at what they're prophesying and saying that's coming. And Judah, behold your God. Get your eyes on the King of Kings. You see what he thinks about it. It's nothing. Next. To whom then will you liken God? Who's going to paint a picture of him? Hallelujah, I want you to go to verse 22. It is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth. Oh my word. I was a little kid when Neil Armstrong touched down on the moon. And I heard the words. One small step for man. One giant leap for mankind and the Lord was sitting on the circle of the earth leaning down watching that tiny footprint the inhabitants thereof have walked out in the field and I only know there are grasshoppers there because they jump before my feet come down 
There's no telling how many of them I've accidentally killed. I never meant to. He said, that's what the inhabitants of this planet look like to me. Grasshoppers. That stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. I thought about the curtains in my house. And he said, I stretch out your heavens, the atmosphere you look at. I stretch out heaven like you stretch out your curtains. And spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Verse 23. And if you doubt how powerful I am, I've told you about how I look at the earth and its mountains and its hills and its rivers and its waters. Let's talk about the people that are in power on your planet. I bring the princes to nothing. The judges of your earth, they're futile. You say, well, we got to have them. I know. He set up authorities, he said, but they are a pale shadow. I don't even know if they're a shadow of the real thing. He said, vanity is futility. He said, I make them and their judgments. Don't be afraid of that. Yes, they shall not be planted. And there will be thousands of them that will seek positions of power and authority while they're here. And he said, not a one of them is going to take root and they're not going to stretch on into eternity. They shall not be sown. They shall not take stock in the earth. I will blow on them and one of them will come and another will go. And we have seen it as I live and breathe. Some of the most profound and remarkable people that have sat on the bench have come and gone because all flesh is grass and when God gets ready, ain't nobody can stand against him. And they are forgotten almost as soon as they leave. And they can't plant their children in their place and say, my son will now take my position. My daughter will take my position. He said, that's not going to happen. All those judges that you admire, they cannot transfer their credentials, their rights, and their responsibilities to their children. It's a temporary assignment on a temporary planet. Say, so why are you telling me this? Because these are the things, the seats of power that we fear and revere. And God said, I'm watching this. Please know they are meaningless to me. That doesn't mean you can be disrespectful and unkind and we're all flesh and in humility we serve and treat all men with grace and beauty. But you better remember and I better remember who is God. They shall wither away and the whirlwind will take them away. Gone. Next verse. To whom will you liken me? Who are you going to compare me to? I'm not one of the big ten. You can't compare me to anybody. I am that I am. Who is going to be equal to me? Verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things. He said, I want you to go out tonight and I want you to stand stock still when you get home and look up in the heavens. Everything you can see, he said, I have a name for it. It says, look up and ask yourself, 
Who made all this? I bring out the host by number. I call them all by names. And because he is strong in power, not one faileth. I'm so thankful. I don't understand all of the physics, quantum physics, of what holds everything together without one planet crashing into another and destroying us in a brutal, horrible, violent death. The earth spinning out of control. But there is a God who's spinning things just like a child plays with the top. And he's so gentle that he makes sure the tilt is just right. And the rotation is just perfect so that we can sit here and consider, who are you? Not one faileth. And now he's getting personal. Verse 27. Now that I have your attention, why do you say, therefore, put your name in there? Jacob. Janice, John, Jeanette, why do you say then, you who are sitting here listening to me, why do you say, and Israel, this whole church, that means everybody that's collective. Jacob is individual and Israel's the whole crew. He said, I'm talking to every one of you individually and I'm talking to the whole bunch of you. Why do you say, God can't see me? God doesn't know about my knees and he didn't know about my pancreas and he doesn't know about he didn't know about my cancer. God doesn't know. He doesn't know. He said, why are you saying that I don't know where you are? And why do you say that your judgment, that there's nobody trying to do right for you? Why do you say that I haven't been watching over you and that you have been unjustly afflicted? Why are you saying, why'd you let that happen to me? Why are you saying that? <laughs> Next verse. Did you not know? Didn't you hear that the everlasting God, who I am, the Lord the creator of the ends of the earth. Did you not know that I don't faint? You mean all this time you were leaning over Vicki Gaston? Oh, I have watched her from her birth to this very moment. I know exactly what's going on in her lungs. Really? Oh, yeah. Most of us are like, well, if I can't see it, it's not happening. See, that shows our ignorance. We haven't seen his glory because we're still believing that this is going to get the job done and it will never get it done. He said, you faint and have to sit down, but I don't. And guess what? I never get tired. I'm not tired. I'm not tired yet. Now, you're getting quiet and still and I can feel your weariness. He said, you go ahead and feel that because I don't feel that way. He said, you can praise me and you get sleepy and you get tired and you have to stop, but I don't stop just because you walk out the door. You quit singing. I'm still singing. While you're asleep, I'm leaning over you singing songs. That's written in the book of Zephaniah. And you can look it up. It says, the Lord will joy over thee with singing. He will rejoice in his love. And then there's another scripture that says, He will compass me about with songs of deliverance. That means while you're sleeping and drooling on your pillow, He's humming a little song over you. Oh. 
even when I don't see it, you're working. Yeah, but this hurts. But the, uh, no, take away the buts. The only but we get to use here is, but the word of our God shall stand forever. There's your but right there. Yeah. He said, there's no searching of his understanding. But I don't understand. He said, you don't have to. I do. Oh, no. What? He said, I don't faint, but you do. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you power. I know you're worn out. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. Now we're getting personal. You feel like you've just been dragging your weary self around? He increases strength. I don't have any might. I know you don't. But when you look at me, something's going to flow into you. Are, you. are you beholding your God? Next verse. <gasps> Here it comes. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. That means these young men who are so strong and can run and play basketball like fools and soccer and sports and they can go and go and go and go and sweat and get up and go again. He said there's going to come a moment when they are going to drop. And young men shout utterly. It has nothing to do with youth. He said they're going to fail and fall. Next verse. Here it is. But they. We started with comfort. He said, I've taken you through warfare. I know your flesh. But here's the conclusion of the matter. If you are sitting still and waiting on me. I want you to read it with me. You don't have to read it loud, but just read it out loud. Read it with me. But they that wait upon the Lord. You know what we've been doing while people have been struggling and the machines have been quicking and clicking and making that awful noise. We've been saying, what are you doing? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Who are you waiting on? Uh, the doctor? Mm -mm. No, 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 no. No, no, no. God bless him. He's flesh. He could have a heart attack tomorrow and die and they'll have to find another one. I'm not waiting on him. He's like me. He may know more things than I do about where I am right now. And actually, he may know less. He's trying to show me that I can be confident in him. But I'm not confident in him. I'm confident in the Lord because the word of our God shall stand forever. They that wait upon the Lord. Say it. Come on, praise team. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run all of a sudden. I can't run my ankles, my knees. He said, you know what I'm talking about? He said, I'm not talking about you physically running, although you might. He said, you're going to run through your valley. You're going to run over your mountain. You're going to run through that crooked place. You're going to run over that rough place. He said, you've been waiting on me, and you didn't wait for nothing. I have a reward with me, and I have a job for you to do, Zion. I'm not going to bring you down to this place and destroy you. I'm going to lift you up and renew your strength, and you're going to do something supernatural. You're not a bird, but you are going to take to flight, and you're going to soar over your mountains. You're coming up out of your valleys. Oh, hallelujah! Yeah!
right now to the God of creation. Oh, Judah, behold your God. Behold your God. I want you to remain seated. Hallelujah. You can stand if you want to worship, but we're going to sing a new song to you. I want you to say, He sees. He, sees. he, knows. he knows. He cares. He cares. Hallelujah. Close your eyes right now. Hayalomoko Shataya. Hayah.